Dollar Boys are back for season three of episode one. Actually, before I go, boys, oh, okay. Okay. put your hand sanitizer on. Get it on. No, good call. Yeah. Well oh, done. you just yeah, can never real. be. T- <laughs> That's what you're going to open with this year. That's your open. <laughs> that was my big opener. I've been sitting on it for about two weeks or since the coronavirus gripped our beautiful country or globe of ours. Hey, we are back now. If you're watching online, you obviously you can't see this if you're a podcast listener, but look at this new set. We've got new graphics. We've got a producer. It looks very We've good. got a producer. Sure. He, he's off sick. We're looking good. But, boys, you still kept my head up. That, that's not my head up. <laughs> Who is that? Well, who else would it be? I'm not sure. You had some like Botox. Stunned by a thousand bees. <laughs> That's, That's what his head looks like after a night out. That's actually like upside down. A big lip hanging down. It took him one episode. Didn't it? <laughs> hey, well, we are back. We're in for a big, big season. We're, this is our third season together, boys. Yeah. Well, two and a half. Uh, uh, not certainly not me or our yeah, bosses. Of Brian course. Lake went missing. <laughs> <laughs> he used to be on here, Brian. He Lake. was. No, we're we're Where much improved. Japan never came back. Uh, uh, summer boys, what did we did we get up to? Anything exciting? That uh, I know you well, you must have because you haven't been in the office. No, it was a good, it was a great summer. I tell you what, though, every year I look forward to going away with the Richmond boys. So uh, we've been to Hong Kong, we've been to Byron Bay, we've been all over the world mm. recently. It's normally myself, Richo, Kane Johnson, uh, Kane Pettifer goes, Wayne Campbell, Ooh. Tim Fleming, and this year it was organised just before Christmas. We were going to go up to Byron Bay um, and. All of a sudden, Wayne Campbell got the ass from the GWS, so he sent us a, an email through going, boys, probably not going to make yeah. it this year. Mm. Took his daughter to America. Kane Johnson, who lives up there, he said, boys, I can't be there on the Saturday. He lives there. He, he couldn't meet us on the Saturday. He lives there. <laughs> and uh, he, he couldn't be there. So, And then all of a sudden, um, Kane Pettifer got bronchitis two days before. So this is 8 o'clock. On a Thursday night, we're leaving on the Friday, okay? We're leaving on the Friday, yep. flying out at 7 a.m. in the morning. I'm at the movies with my kids at 8 o'clock on the Thursday night. I get a text message from him. I, I knew his oh, head was no. unravelling. I've seen it all before. <laughs> Jen was putting pressure on him because it was just before Christmas. And I get this text, um, oh, you know, Walker's pulled out, Pets has pulled out. Do we even go? Do we just sack this and do we just do we not go? And I, I knew that his head was unraveling at home. He was sitting over in North getting his big mansion going, well, what have I done here? Why am I going to Byron Bay just before Christmas? That's and true. And I let him off the hook. We didn't go. You didn't go? Nobody went. So what? we just cancelled everything and didn't go. Did you get any cash back? No, he lost a thousand bucks in the accommodation, so that was disappointing. Why wouldn't but, you? No, it's I'll the greatest you, thing of all time. anybody paid trip. me for the accommodation, apart from Matthew, though. <laughs> you know what really happened? I'll give. I'll be honest. I was wrapped when the other guys pulled out because I was under the pump at home, and I can oh. reveal that uh, my wife's pregnant. So. Oh. It wasn't well, a, congratulations. Uh, well, so just before Christmas, your yeah. wife's pregnant. You got a little toddler, two-year-old at home. The boys pulled out the day before. I went perfect. I'm out as well under the pump. So yeah, we didn't. I, go. I, I was looking it. forward to going as well. That, that there is nothing worse than, especially boys trips, because they're very hard to have these days. With, you know, with you guys having kids and getting busier, and that must have broken your heart. It did. It broke my heart. I was really looking forward. Did you at to least it. then tell the Dale, hey, look, I've I've decided to pull out of the trip. So then at least you get the brownie points. No, well, we're sitting in bed that night, oh, and I, I, I do need to tell you something now, Matthew. That uh, we're lying in bed, and I was a bit disappointed. Christina said, well. Well, have you cancelled the accommodation? I said, no, I haven't cancelled the accommodation. Have you cancelled your flight? No, I haven't cancelled my flight. She goes, well, why don't you just go? Why don't you not tell the boys and just go up there, 
I did. Oh, you did? Did you? I went. By yourself? I went by myself for two days to Byron Bay. Oh, that would have been, yeah, make sure, Corona handshake. Oh, that would have been. No, well done. And uh, he rang me the next day to make sure I was okay because he, he realised I was a bit flat. Yeah. I was at the Gold Coast Airport and uh, I just went along with it and said, yeah, I'm disappointed I couldn't go. Well, Hummer, that, that is why he hasn't hit us up for the money for the accommodation. Oh, you're I right. haven't hit him up for any money. <laughs> Hey, um, before we dive into the show, we, of course, um, remember from last year, we had a wonderful sponsor that came on board, Hugo Wines, who looked after us magnificently. They had a a wonderful Grenache that you couldn't stop raving about. Haven't heard from Hugo Wines this year. If they are still around, if they are still around, we would love some of that beautiful product. But this year, I wanted to, I I think we can, I want to target, target a particular sponsor to see if we can get on board. Now, well, certainly Richard and I, we're mad golfers. We're trying to get you into it. So I want to make a suggestion. We try and get a golf brand on board because I keep seeing – I see Sam Groff, I see Dale, uh, Daisy Thomas on Instagram and they keep, they're sponsored by TaylorMade. So you want TaylorMade I to want TaylorMade right. to be our sponsor. So I know that like, this is so probably very difficult. Just a driver each? Just a, a drop maybe. It doesn't even have to be a good driver. We, yeah. We've always advertised that we are the cheapest sponsorship in town, you've got to. You've no got. One wants to sponsor <laughs> summer. He compared himself to Sam Groth the other day when we're talking about tennis. He goes, "I'm a, I'm a Sam Groth type." Oh, I am a just, Sam Groth. Just because big, you're big and you got big, big hair and big beard, a big powerful. Just because you look like Sam no, Groth, I've, it doesn't mean I've you play big, like Sam. I've got Groth. a big, powerful uh, serve and just a very delicate little slice on the tennis court. But I'm going to make a commitment to you. Right. I'm going to try and get us some free golf clubs. I like it from Taylor Made because I'd be I, happy with just a driver. They've right. got some. They've got some good. I'd be happy with the whole kit. So right. if you don't mind, I'm going to use this show as an example to tailor made because I might get it cut up. Yeah, yeah. I like it. to see what we can uh, what we can get out of them because yeah. I'm very excited like about it. that. Uh, yeah, that will about do us. Oh, around the grounds of last year, boys, was a very popular segment. That's just where we get. You guys are the, some of the two biggest names in AFL back in your day, and the two biggest names in AFL media. So we just want to get your. Get your gauge on a couple of topics that happened in the off-season. Now, I think the first thing, your pre-season wrap-up, who were your winners, who were your losers? Oh, there were a couple of winners. I thought Melbourne's form, Brownie, was really good. Coming off last year, well, we know they disappointed after a prelim in 2018. I thought they showed that perhaps, and I'm saying perhaps, they can find form again this year. I thought they were a positive. The Giants look like they're hungry, oh, obviously, yeah. after that grand, grand final. I thought they were good, you know, People Brownie. are talking about, you know, does that put the Giants on the back foot now that they lost the grand final? They lost no, it poorly, no, I but so. I think they got the taste of it. And I think now they've realised they're a good club. They can play. They can mix it with the best, playing that aggressive style. Watch out for the Giants. I've got them finishing on top. The Saints were a winner, I thought, Ooh. you know. Good recruiting over the summer. Ryder coming into the team. Brad Hill's going to be recruiter of the year. The Saints showed that I, I think they can push for finals. They're a winner. Port Adelaide for me. They were the big winner over the off season. Well, they're, they're, be- they're beating the Bulldogs. Yeah. Their younger players are another year older. I still think they've got some pretty good midfielders. But the form of Charlie Dixon I loved in the preseason series. I mean, he, he hasn't been around for a couple of years now, but a fully fit Charlie Dixon I think adds another dimension to Port Adelaide. I've got them finishing well in the eight. Mm. I thought Essendon showed that at least they're going to have a different game plan this year with Ben Rutten and Blake Carousella coming across from Richmond. 
I think they'll have a different game plan. Does that mean they play finals again? I'm not 100% sure, but I thought at least they showed to their fans they're going to do something different. So that's a big win for the The Bombers. injury problems and how many players underdone, you know, Matthew, not having a pre-season into two or three players, that's okay, you can get by that. But there's been multiple players, yeah. six, seven, eight no, key need- players. Um, and the leadership at Essendon, it surprised me. The year before, they got rid of Hooker and Hurley mm-hmm. out of the leadership group. And Merritt this year. And Merritt this year. So Merritt's their best player, without a doubt. He's their best player. Hooker and Hurley then, I think, come back into the leadership after yeah. that. But it says to me that who is going to lead that club? Who is going to be the player now that takes them, I guess, by the scruff of the neck and say, follow me, boys, let's yeah. get this done? Yeah, that's true. And if you have a look at, the other side of the table, teams that didn't get wins in the mm. preseason. Richmond didn't win. Uh, West Coast didn't win. But there's nothing to worry about there. Geelong? Geelong. It's hard to write Geelong off because they're so consistent. But I think there were a few troubling signs there for them. But I've got I've got a theory and a, a plan here. Scrap oh. the whole Marsh series. Scrap? Gone. Scrap it all together. It's an absolute waste of time now. Teams don't show their full hand. I just think you get rid of it altogether. You maybe have one intra-club game and then perhaps one other practice match. They don't need to be Pre-season televised. Pre-season, gone. 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 Just into just it. Scra- yeah. you don't, just intra-clubs. You don't even televise. Maybe if you have one game against another team, come into round one and just go bang from there. I think it gives the AFLW a bit of clean space. Get rid of the Marsh series. Well, there'd be some exercise scientists out there that would be ropeable at no, that No, no, I'm not that, saying that have, have an intra-club, have a practice match, but don't broadcast them and then come in round one with a bit of mystery and go bang. I think it's the way to go. We've got a first here that's about to happen on this show. What have we got, Richard? We are going to have our very first scoop. Now, I know that because we, our show comes a bit later in, scoop in the week. Scoop McClure coming in, is he? No. I have got a scoop for you. We're going to break news good. for you first. Now, you have a scoop. I have a scoop. All right, I've been hard because I have to bring. He does this sort of table. stuff in the office. I'll just give you a like, <laughs> like a, a bit of a warning. He does this stuff in the office. He'll come out and he'll make uh, outrageous claims, right. like things like. Remember when you watched? Um, remember years ago? What was that movie where his old man? Said he he invented the uh, the question mark. He does stuff like that. He, he says <laughs> that he's invented that? stuff. <laughs> Austin right, Powers. Now, okay, this what? is my scoop. <clears throat> now that they've had the number, of course, we speak of the coronavirus. The number crunches at AFL House. The real analytical guys. Gil went to them and said, "I, I, I want a number. I, ne- I need to tell my son. I need to yeah. inform everyone. I want a number on the chances of us playing in front of no crowd." They came back. They got their abacus out. They got their calculators out. They came back. In round one, there is a 50% chance right. that they will play games, some games behind closed doors. By round, round This is a week from now. Yep. yep. By round six, it is a 90% chance that there will not be a single member of the crowd at an AFL game. No, I, I reckon you're pretty right there. From what I've heard around the grapevine, even this morning. Ooh, uh, I was think, on the radio this yeah. morning. Round this well, no. Not exactly a scoop if it's on the radio. Scoop <laughs> when I, I had think it. This, I think round one will go ahead. But I think by round five, we will definitely be at a case where all games are played with no fans, which is going to be I weird. I think Seb Costello <laughs> went with that this morning on the hot breakfast. Right, here's one other little oh, scoop. Oh, it was a there. scoop when I had it yesterday. There is... This is 100%. There'll be Ooh. no broadcasters allowed in the rooms after the game. So you won't oh. have, yeah, so you won't be down there with the microphone. Before the game or after the game? Well, before and after. Right. Media won't what? be allowed access to players, yeah. So roaming Brian, gone. Roaming Brian won't be able to happen. So you and Dars dancing, that won't happen? That won't happen. We won't be down in the rooms. We won't be down in the rooms. Yeah. And what's going to happen for post-match interviews and stuff? Well, I think you'll still be able to interview players on the radio, but they'll have their own phone and they'll be speaking to you on the phone. They won't be speaking over microphones like You're this. Cu- 
Yeah. But I think that's what we're going to get to. You can't go eating bats, can you? (laughs) It's not good for you. Um, A couple of weeks ago, of course, uh, when uh, Polly Farmer, they were very kind to donate his brain to science to to tackle this increasingly uh, scary um, topic, and certainly for you two that have played AFL and a lot of AFL players and professional sports stars out there, CTE. This has been coming for a long time. A few Five years ago now when my father passed away, I had an email from some researchers asking if we would donate his brain really? uh, for research. Yeah, and obviously Polly's family have done that and it's going to be more and more of these cases coming forward now where ex-players donate their brain because it's happened a lot in American gridiron. We know that, NFL, the studies there of the CTE. So it's only going to happen more and more, but it is quite scary, isn't Mm. it, when you look what what the case was with Polly's brain. Yeah, and it's been a massive shift too. I think the AFL have led the way and the AFL doctors now. It's yeah. different to what it was three or five years ago, definitely mm. different a decade ago yeah, as well. It's the story when you were knocked out that day. Brendan Favola with a round arm got me right here. and Wait, it was a, tackle a, it was, or a fight? Uh, he got two weeks for it um, at Marvel Stadium. He kicked eight goals that day as well. He was on fire. Why fed. was he playing on you? Um no, I was up in the back line trying oh. to get an easy kick. Yes. <laughs> um, but anyway, it was second quarter, knocked me out, and I was back on in the 10-minute mark of the third quarter. Cannot remember playing any of the game. But that was 2004, I reckon. So it's uh, it's a lot, 16 years ago. But that's that's what happened. Yeah. You came back on the field. There was no research back then. There was no one saying no. You couldn't. We weren't even doing tests back in 2004. So it's uh, And like obviously in the 90s and 80s, it was a lot worse than that. Yeah. Look, I think the AFL doing everything they can to limit head. Uh, head knocks, there's, there's no problem about that. I had a similar story. I got knocked out against Carlton at uh, Telstra Dome, it was called, yeah. way back then. I can't remember anything until I was actually lying in the doctor's room uh, down in the change rooms. I woke Jesus. up and there's my mum standing there and I went, oh, what are you doing here, mum? I was confused. I didn't know where I was. I didn't play the rest of the game. There was only a quarter left. But I played the next week and I do not even remember doing any right? testing or anything. I was expected to train the whole week. So it's totally changed and for the better and we now know with what's happened with uh, polyphone. Have you guys got guys in your networks and stuff that perhaps have knocked out a lot that are worried about this or that they're talking about or are you even noticing a change not, in them? Mates with Matty Maguire uh, who used to play for St Kilda, obviously he's had had a heap of issues. We played with a guy and it was probably not so much a head knock. He'd been knocked out a few times, but Graham Polak yeah. got hit by yeah. a tram, oh, got hit by right. the tram on rose. his head. Yeah. So, um, And they're talking about that being similar to what a, a head clash in is, is football. So um, there are going to be so many players out there that, you know, you're not going to see the results of these for 20 or 30 years. No, but there will be a lot more players now. Uh, donating their brains. Would when you, they pass. Are you going to donate yours? Well, it's something worth considering. You, you should definitely donate people. yours. What's <laughs> <laughs> to see what the hell's wrong with? Um, but I don't agree with everyone saying that, you know, we've got to take the bump out of the game. I mean, Mark Choco Williams said you've got to ban the bump. Uh, I think the AFL, there is a rule now. If somebody's got their head down, you do not hit them in the head. And if you do, unfortunately, it is a contact sport. So you will be suspended. And there's a, there's a risk in playing a contact sport like AFL. Yeah. So you cannot sanitise it so much that you take the bump out of the game. No, but I think they're, they're doing everything they can to limit it, which is a good thing. Your colleague... Daisy Pierce, she's back yep. full time yeah, in the media, which is great. She is magnificent in the media. Yeah. She is, um, you know, she's a trailblazer. Friday she's, night footy, Daisy. She's very excited. We, we, we love her on the show, but has she gone a bit over the top 
this preseason. I think well, Daisy wanted to tie back with this comment. The, the comment you're talking about is the Dustin Martin, the best player of all time. Correct. I think she'd want a, a time back, and I think maybe what she meant was when we lined them all up at the end, his CV would be just as good as anybody else. Two-time premiership. She might have been taken out of context a little bit. Two-time Norm Smith medal in those premiership years. He's a Brownlow medalist, three-time All-Australian, two-time club best and fairest. That's a pretty good CV with somebody who's got five years to go and his club is likely to win another premiership. So he might win another Brownlow. So yeah. at the end of it, you look at his CV and it stacks up. So uh, who are you comparing it? Who is the greatest then? Well, I went back and, like, obviously then you come up with Lee Matthews, you come up with Wayne Carey, all these yep. guys. And I went back and just had a look at Lee Matthews' stats. Um, and this is in 1977. Have a listen to this. He kicked 91 goals and he played in the midfield, Lee Matthews, 91 <laughs> from the midfield. He averaged 27 disposals a game. So he's averaging 27. Kicked 91 goals. And he's kicking four and a half a game. In 13 games, he kicked four goals or more. He had a 38 possession, eight goal game. Eight a 37 <laughs> possession, seven goal game. But the thing that amazed me the most was he came equal fourth in the Brownlow with that sort of year <laughs> with a total of around 17 votes. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's like the what year, a season. That's the year, like the year Peter Hudson won the best and fairest at Hawthorne. Uh, sorry, kicked 150 goals for Hawthorne and didn't win yeah, the best yeah. and fairest. Well, Lee Matthews said that Dustin Martin had played the best year that anybody's ever played yeah. because yeah. now I know why Lee was doing that. He wants people then to go back, oh, hang on, Lee. Actually, your season in 1977, he's not as humble as you may think, yeah. Lee Matthews, no, is no. he? he wanted his name mentioned. What about Bob Pratt, sorry, before we move on? He kicked 150 goals in a year for South Melbourne when they only played 18 games. Didn't win the best and fairest. So he went up to the committeeman after the game, Bob, and said, look, what else do I have to do? And one of the committee men looked at him and said, look, Bob, we just didn't think you were consistent enough. <laughs> one of the great Lee Matthews stories was when Justin Leppage got in the lift with him after they'd won the third premiership, I think, in a row. And Lepp is going, oh, Lee, you should love us. You, we, 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 you'd be nothing without us. And Lee oh. turned to Lepper and said, yeah, but then I'd only be the greatest player of all time. <laughs> Hey, uh, speaking of uh, of the media, there was, we like to recap the media movements. Yes, now, what I've, do you got? I've gone down. I've got a list now. Remarkably, this is what I think is the biggest remarkable uh, addition to the media AFL landscape. Yeah. Ross Lyon. Now he spent his entire coaching career with just absolute disdain for the media, and now he's working in it. Do you yep. need a job. You need a job. So I'll he, work with him on Sundays on Triple, Triple M. M. Yes, uh, so Daisy, a, Daisy Thomas good, didn't he? with Duck. Yeah. Yeah. So that means Rocket is taking some time away. Rocket, yeah, he, he, will, he won't he won't be part of Triple oh, M this year. Daisy Thomas joins you in the Triple M box. Yes, Thursday oh. nights, Daisy does. He does a few Saturdays as well. Uh, your colleague Cameron Ling yeah. can't help but notice he's gone to the ABC. So he's so I heard mm. that it was it was between you and Lingy, and it was just unanimous. Well, like, Richo no, in, no, no. Ling well, I out. Think, I think, <laughs> no, no, that's not right. The problem is that Channel 9 now own 3RW and we work for Channel 7, so maybe that had oh. something to do with it. Ooh, but, uh, and he's not getting as much Channel 7 either. No, I think he, you know, Lingy's still on Channel really? 7. Yeah. Uh, what about Jimmy Bartell? Jimmy's he's on AW. But he's not getting as much, is he? I don't know, Hummer. This is your segment, oh. not mine. <laughs> Richo, I just think you've been going – well, which is good for you because you're getting all the, uh, all the games. No, not at all. Uh, Brownie, though, you've had an, uh, a – you've been moved up in the world at Triple M, haven't you? You're doing more games? 
Uh, yeah, Friday nights and Sundays. That's good. And Thursday Friday night games. Friday night's the flagship. You're yeah. calling. So you've got an extra game now. You were calling, so I was right. Yeah. And Jordan Lewis goes to Fox. Yep. And, and, Which is good. He's and, a good operator. A bit Jordan. of breaking news and on Croc. this. Oh. Kevin Bartlett is returning to Throughout W to call on Sundays. Oh. Hey. There we go. So we've just we've had three scoops yep. in the first mm. episode. Nice. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Uh, and finally, to recap around the grounds, the Bombers and the Giants in California. Yeah, it's a good idea, isn't it? I mean, probably better than Shanghai, clearly. Mm. Uh, so they want to play. So the Bombers and the Giants want to play a game every year over in California. I don't mind the idea because you'll be trying to jump on that one, won't you, to go to California to oh, call oh, a game. Yeah. But as Eddie McGuire said, I don't – there's no grounds in the US that can cater for Aussie rules. The, the oh, gridiron yeah. stadiums... A square. Yeah. The yeah. And they, small. They can, and the baseball stadiums, you, they'll try and convert one of those. It's just not going to work. No. What did they do in China? I'm not sure what they had there. No. Hmm. I think it was a polo... They a have big, athletics tracks. No, I think it was a big polo fields in Shanghai. Ah. I don't think there's going to be a ground. So that could be, that could be a sticking point for that one. Oh, now this is one of the old favourite segments from last year, but I know, Brownie, you like to get into me that I don't do any work. Well, how about this? I have organised a stinger for this next segment. What's a stinger? Well, it's a little bit of music little and intro. a little bit of okay. intro. No worries. <laughs> it's called a sting. Play you know the that? stinger. And it's doing my f***ing head in. Oh, I don't mind it. Good. Oh, that was good, wasn't it? we've just come up in the world. Oh, in my time in the media, it's known as a sting. Not a stinger. Oh, oh, really? But you can check that out. I might be wrong. You might be right. <sighs> but so what I'm going to do here each my... week, guys, is you know little things can do my head in, as you know, Nathan. Like people <laughs> pulling out on a trip the day yeah. before. <laughs> yeah. That does my head in. And a lot of things do my head in. So each week I'll uh, be coming up with something that has Ooh. done my head in. So the, for the first week here, I'll tell you what's done my head in over the last few months is we're bored. There's no footy. The big bash got boring. People have got nothing to do with their time in the football media. But you've got to fill the columns, you've got to fill Twitter with something. So what tends to happen is that people make outrageous calls <laughs> this time of year. And I'll tell you what, there's been a lot of there's them over the summer. There. There's been a lot of them, Nathan. So I'm going to start with the coach of the Port Adelaide Football Club, Ken Hinckley. Ooh. And he has said over the summer to look out we are coming as a team, Port Adelaide. Now, the last few years... I reckon Ken said the same thing and they haven't. Is that a big call or not? I don't mind it. No, I think they are coming Port Adelaide. Okay. Yeah, not for me, especially given their track record. Okay, another big call. I love this man. He's the best ruckman in the game, in my opinion. Max Gorn said last week that Bailey Fritch would win the Coleman medal. <laughs> Is that a big call That's a very big call. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Good player though, Fritch. Very good. Hey, I'm not saying yeah. it's not a, a big call. I don't Come think he'll win the Coleman. I could be wrong here and I make a lot of oh, big no. calls myself. Uh, as we just said, Daisy, and I love Daisy, but she said Dusty is the GOAT. I love Dustin Martin yep. more than anyone. I think it's a bit premature to call him a coat. Big call or not? Yes, Big or call, yeah, big, okay. big, big call. Uh, your mate Nick Rewalt, another really? one, another Ooh, one concerning, big horse head. Yeah, another one concerning uh, Dustin Martin. He said Dusty would kick eighty goals. That's a big oh, call. Okay. That is a big time? call because he'll play midfield yeah, a fair bit. Yeah. So that's a big call. You Come agree? On, really? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Johnny Ralph makes a lot of big calls. When you when you tweet a hundred times a day, <laughs> you're going to make a few big calls. Carlton have lost their two games over the summer, but I think their list is getting better. He has said that Carlton are in big trouble after two March oh, series games. Is he did, and it is a big call because I think uh, you've got to wait and see for round one. Yep, can't David, that, King, David King has said Essendon are the new Richmond because they had one game where they had 500 metres gain uh, in handball. Massive Ford call. Handball. Massive on. call. 
you need a little bit of a yeah. bigger snapshot than that. He was our assistant coach for many years, David King of Richmond. He, he used was. to come up with big calls there. He did, and we all make big calls. Have you got so, a bigger suit for this AFL season? Uh, Hummer, this is my segment. Every St Kilda fan out there thinks they're playing finals after a couple yeah. of Is that a big call? Yep. Big call. Right. Big, big call. They'll be close, though. Okay. Oh. Uh, and the last one, Mark Robinson last week at his oh, top no. 50. Okay. Now, Robbo has said, and this man could potentially be the number one player in the game, but he has said Marcus Bontempelli <laughs> is the number one guy in the game. In my opinion, that's a big call. That so is a big call. Ridiculous call. So that's what's doing my head in this week. Market Richard. Now, this was a phenomenally unsuccessful segment last year because this is where the time we asked you to do your ladder predictions. Now, oh. do you remember what you put last year? No, nah, it's always tough, so let's get on to this year. <laughs> All right. I'll go first. Hopefully, then. we go a little bit better. You had two or three in the top eight. Is that right? Yep. This is You're a, a bit this better. Is a ridic- it is very tough. I'll just, before we do it, a ridiculously hard yeah, job. But everybody way. does it. Yep. They do. So I'm going to do mine. Uh, I'm going to say the GWS Giants will finish on top of the ladder. I think they're primed. If they can limit their injuries, they finish top. West Coast Eagles, home games in Perth. Tim Kelly, they'll finish yep. second. Richmond, they haven't lost anyone. Brandon Ellis is the only player they've lost. They'll finish third. I think the Western Bulldogs will start the season like they finished last year and finish fourth. Collingwood will finish fifth. I'm saying Melbourne will bounce back. I've been impressed what? with their summer. Uh, Max yeah. Gorn is the new captain. They'll finish sixth. Brisbane, tougher draw, tougher draw, but I still think they've got some great players up there. Chris Fagan, another year with them. They'll finish seventh. And Ken Hinckley, as I just said, made a big call saying Porter coming. Well, I think he meant they're coming to win the premiership. I think they're coming a little bit and they'll finish eighth. All right. I've got GWS on top as well. Richmond second. I think Collingwood are going to be super hard to beat this year. Ken Hinckley's right. They are coming. I've got them well, you finishing said it was a big fourth. Call before. Yeah. I've got them finishing no, you said you fourth. You liked the call. I like well, the call. You liked it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've got them finishing fourth. Yeah. The Dogs fifth, West Coast sixth. I think there's a little bit oh. of pressure on West Coast. Tim Kelly needs to work. Nat Newey needs to work as well. Uh, if if they can, those two can stand up, they're a good. Club. They went out very easily last year. It's a yeah. big club over there. You're right, though. If, if Nat Newey plays a full season, they're going to be hard yeah. to stop. Yeah. Brisbane and then Geelong. Just outside the uh, the eight. St Kilda. Yeah, I've changed it. Just outside the eight. <laughs> That's just changed. Fremantle that. and St Kilda will be knocking at the door. I like Fremantle under Justin Longmuir okay. this year. Yeah, okay. I like the way they structured if you, up. If you actually have a look at it, you could make a case for seventeen teams playing finals. I think maybe sixteen. I think the Swans are in development mode. The Suns are a young team, but I reckon the other sixteen you could maybe play finals. The, the, the questions are going to be asked. Melbourne in yours is way too high, and West Coast is way too low in yours. I got them finishing sixth. I don't think that's too low. They finished fifth last year. So you didn't think Melbourne were a good team two years ago? Uh, that two years ago, why they can't were they good? bounce back? Because they're Melbourne. They're oh, the same right. reason they haven't won a flag in fifty-five years. All right, we'll see, huh? They haven't got the strength, Melbourne. They they've got no ticker. Oh, <laughs> All right, we've had the top eight predictions, hopefully going a little bit better than last year. But let's have a look at the premiership market and your Brownlow chances because. The Brownlow market, if you can get on early at the start of the year, if there's a player you fancy before a ball has been bounced in 2020, you can get, you know, a fill up Brownlow. 
And you, you can. can put him into a premiership. Like, for example, I had a uh, Sam McClure message me. He said, what prize can you give me for Josh Kelly into the Giants to win the flag? 250 to 1. It's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. Not so we're going to do premiership 250 first. 250 to 1. Yeah. Jeez. For that double. That's that's the, uh, you know, a lot of possibilities first. at the start. Premiership first. We've got Richmond at $4.50. West Coast, six fifty. The Pies, $8. GWS, $8. What are the dogs? Um... Not on my top screen. <laughs> oh, so they're a little way out of it. They're down $12. $12. Well, I think Richmond are going to be very hard to beat again this year. I think I've got Richmond and Collingwood. I know I've got GWS playing on top, but Richmond and Collingwood grand final for me. You've got to finish wow. top four, and I just said my top four was going to be GWS, Richmond, West Coast, and the Dogs. I'm going to say that the Greater Western Sydney Giants can bounce back and win the Premiership. Really? Okay. Why they're going to be hard to beat. Why do you laugh well, and smirk at everything I say, Hunter? Well, I don't laugh and smirk at everything you said. I've laughed and smirked at Melbourne because that's ridiculous. <laughs> and I just, well, I mean, the Giants, they're, they're on the fourth line of betting, $8. So, Brownlow Medal, I think any one of these can win it. Fife is going to be hard to beat. Uh, Dustin Martin, um, Patrick Cripp. So, they're the top three in the market, eight, right? Seven, but I'm going to have some value. All right. I think, and everybody's on Bonkton Pally at the moment at $13, but. If they're as good as what they say this year, the Dogs, they win a lot of games. They won 13 last year. No, I, I think Jack McRae oh. at $34 is a huge bet. I'd be having him in – I'd be having the win, top five, top three, top five, top ten. Yeah. Last year he had 22 votes, exactly yep. the same amount as Bontem Pally. He gets 40 disposals, 35 most weeks, 40 disposals. Bontem Pally will get tagged a fair bit this year, and if there's one thing that Bontem Pally hasn't been able to do – it's shake the tag. I don't think they tag Jack McRae. So if he's getting 40 disposals and they're winning, he's either getting the two or the three most weeks in their winning game. So I'm big on Jack McRae, $34. Well, well, if you put him into the dogs to win the flag, 408 to one. Not bad. That's worth a little tenner. That's convincing with McRae. If you want a long shot, I'll go with his dogs teammate, Josh Dunkley. I think he'll get more votes than McRae. But my winner... If Carlton improve this year, then Patrick Cripps gets the threes nearly every single week. And I know he's one of the favourites, yep. but I think he'll win the brown line. I'll tell you some other players with some value. Cornelio hasn't yep. been playing the last uh, – he missed a fair bit of the last year. His pre-season form's been outstanding. He kicks goals, so I like Cornelio at 26 bucks. Brody Grundy got the votes last year. He's $26 again. Ruckman haven't won it for a long, long time. But if West Coast get a real big roll on – I'm expecting Elliot Yo to have a breakout year. I reckon Tim Kelly will, will take a lot of votes off him, but uh, Elliot Yo for me at 41 bucks is not Break bad either. He's already all Australian. I think he's going to take his game to another level. Oh, I think he's a very enough. good player. Would yeah. you would you consider him a superstar at the moment or just, a top two player no, at West Coast? Just below superstar. I think he's just going to take it to a new level. Uh, we're coming to the end of this first episode, of course. The Nuffy Jar sponsored by TaylorMade. Now, I was out uh, having a hit with a demo driver. They'd use Sim Max and it's a beautiful What's driver. What's the Nuffy Jar about? So, Let's take well, us into the Nuffy Jar. The Nuffy Jar. So what can happen, and especially after they've had a couple of personality improvers, a couple of glasses of maybe Hugo Wines, that they love, they love to get on on Twitter. Yeah. Don't they? Or on Instagram, or well, I mean, for example, you put up a you put up what looked like He's an well album. Well and truly, Look, you put up an in album. You, what about the photo you put up that looked like you were with a like the the, the Backstreet Boys getting That's back right. together again so what, the other night? So what you're saying here, Hum, is that people often make mistakes with their tweets. They do. Yeah. They correct. And like the swear jar growing up. Did you see the one he posted on the boat with the tag watch? Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> Look over there. There's your, That's not a plane. Okay, so That's your I, Valentine's so Day present. That was that was a bad tweet. Okay, that was a sponsored tweet. 
and that would end up in the Nuffy Joe. Okay, oh, I admit. But that. we've got a toilet paper crisis at the moment, and Higo used to be at Triple M, obviously yeah. the big the big yeah. uh, truck pig. Now he he put a photo out of a Collingwood scarf on a toilet roll. Right? Yep. Trying to be funny, which isn't funny. Like, I looked at that and I, I thought, Brandy, oh, funny. Brandy, uh, I Richard liked it. it. He, he laughed. He put <laughs> two <laughs> laughing emojis on it. That's, You're a nuffy. I, I, you I are thought, a nuffy. I thought and that was creative by Higo. The Collingwood scarf rolled up on a toilet roll and put. But he has just pinched that from someone. He no, hasn't I liked created it. it himself. Yeah, I liked it. Hey, yeah. but and what we also you just. You need to do, limit what you're laughing at. What we're actually going to do this season is every oh. time we get one of these, we're going to put $5 into the nuffy jar. Like a okay. kid who swears at school puts 20 cents in. We're going to put $5 into the nuffy jar. As a bonus bet. As a bonus bet. At the end of the season, we've got a little competition that we're going to reveal in the next coming weeks, but it is going to go to one lucky football club towards their footy trip. So they're going to get this whole suburban footy footy club that just might be struggling a little bit. There's so many bad tweets over the course. It could be $500 at the end of the year for a a footy trip. So that would go on their footy trip. They get to have some punting money on their footy trip. So we've already got $5 in there. All right. So, Richo. Well, I, I'm going to put Daisy Pierce's in, the, her talk. I know it wasn't specifically a tweet, but her, what she was saying about it Dusty, which was spoken there. about, that goes in. So for another $5 goes you in. you got one? I've got one, and it's for a, a, a colleague of mine or former colleague, Rowan Connolly. Roco. Now, Roco oh, is one of the I've, I've just got a feeling that Roco is going to be a very – very big contributor to the heavy the drinker, Rojo. No, he Late at night? No, he doesn't drink, Ron. But no, he seriously. Really, he tweets like this sober. <laughs> no, seriously. So what, if I you, love Rojo. If you tweet a lot, you're going to make some blues. And I reckon yeah. I reckon this, and he has some great stuff, Rowan. He does. He's a very intelligent footy writer. But I reckon this one here, if he had his time again, he wouldn't have done it. So he said, okay, so I've clocked up another year on the age tachometer. My bewilderment at how old I am seems to increase with each birthday. Tipping if I get to 60, I'll be absolutely dumbfounded. Now, <laughs> I reckon, very self-indulgent, I reckon isn't it? Uh, Robert, uh, Roko would be dumbfounded the next day that he tweeted that. <laughs> and that was sober. What is a tachometer? That's like on your car. The like your od- odometer. Oh, odometer. Odometer. Well, I think this uh, this guy here is going to be uh, well and truly one of our favourites this year as well. Sam McClure, oh. Scoop, as we know him. Um, just uh, he, he tweets a lot of stuff that... I feel that is look at me, look at me. I know oh, this stuff. Uh, that's that's this what tweeting. A lot of people tweet for that one. So reason. he tweeted, "Maths went to a level I wasn't ready for tonight." Oh, scoop. Okay, you can leave that stuff out, can't you? I think that's more in his age group that you tweet about that stuff. No, you can't be doing that. Hey, I'm going to wrap one out because I found one that was directed to our man, Richo Nathan no. Brown. Nathan Brown, oh seven. This is from a man called Silent Tower. It's Tower Silent. He's got a picture of uh, looks to be a, some type of politician. Oh, it's Peter Dutton and a potato is his profile picture. Nathan Brown 07. Maybe instead of fundraising for bushfires, you help society by not doing gambling ads in the middle of footy matches. Old Silent Tower. Old Silent Tower goes bang. You know how so many followers going. Silent Tower has? <laughs> Enough. He has one. He has one follower. <laughs> Silent Tower, and he's carrying on like a peanut. If you're listening to the podcast. He goes in there as well. <laughs> if you're listening to the audio version, you wouldn't have seen Brownie just give the one-finger salute. The same finger that got him in trouble twice during remember his footy career. In, remember you did it in Perth when you kissed it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I've learnt from that, Nathan. You're a well, grown man now and you're still doing it. He's got one follower, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, before we get pulled off the air, that might do us for the first episode, season three, episode one. Thank you again to our hopeful sponsors, TaylorMade. I'm going to get on the phone and just see if we can get on to TaylorMade. I TaylorMade. like that. But I could turn into a golfer. You I, could turn into a golfer. I'd beat you a golfer. I can't believe you went to Byron Bay without us. 
I had a great Man, two days. I did not speak to anybody for 48 hours. That is the absolute. It's what dreams are made of. Hey, as always, we need you to like, comment, subscribe. Tell your mates. And if you know anyone at Taylor May, tell them we're trying to get onto them. Gamble responsibly. Tell them we're coming.